0: Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Real AFM Network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmine Evian, and joining me, my wonderful co-host, Andy Anako.
1: Hello, Yasmine.
0: And Russell Ivanovich. Hello, hello. Guys, I am so happy because our shirts are printing. They're currently in the printing process right now. Uh, every we exceeded our goal, so they they did get printed. And they should be arriving, depending on where you live, like within a couple of weeks. So yeah. it's awesome. It was the
2: world's least ambitious Kickstarter project ever. We were aiming for, I think, 10 or 15 yeah. shirts before we crossed the line. It was, it was amazing. But we did, we did get there. And I want to imagine that there's a dot matrix printer somewhere just printing these things out line by line. And then, and then someone has to take it off of the image writer
1: printer and then iron it or borrow their mom's <laughs> iron to put it onto a Hanes eight-pack white yes. T-shirt.
2: And then the real AFM shipping guy is somewhere there. He's packing these into boxes, surely.
1: The king stamps, and then after eighteen of them, someone says, "Hey, you know, you can just like dampen a sponge and then just like wipe the stamp on the sponge."
0: Oh, like, oh, (laughs) I would have "Ah." saved my tongue.
1: And then another one says, "Yeah, these are these are peel and stick stamps because it's 2016. It's not 2002. What are you bothering with?"
0: (laughs) I I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners uh, because he wrote in to us and he actually bought five T-shirts. Because Whoa. he, so the reason uh, yeah. he bought five t-shirts is that he wants to lose weight by the end of 2016. And he said he bought all the different sizes so that he would be be able to wear a material t-shirt as he's losing weight. And I was like, that is awesome. Like that I, is that, awesome. I, I was, it was a really neat thing to see. So want to thank you for buying all the t-shirts and we're rooting for you. Like, yeah, let's, uh,
1: send it. Yeah. Keep, I mean, don't lose the weight at your own pace and at a safe pace but we would love to see like new pictures as you keep on discarding one for the other uh and the, and the great thing is that your timing is perfect because if your goal is to lose this weight by the end of the year by the end of the year you'll be down to the smallest size but you will be able to wear each of those successively larger shirts over the previous one and you'll be like layering it'll be a beautiful like winter <laughs> coat
2: <laughs> we've got our own um real afm type turtle Oh, no, turtles don't do this. I'm thinking more crabs. Is that what I'm thinking of? The, the ones that you know get new shells as they go? They're going the other way, though. They're growing and they're finding bigger shells. He's shrinking and finding smaller shirts, which is, yeah, I think it's awesome. Well, actually, there's,
1: it was actually, really there's, neat. There's, 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 there's a lot of room for this. So what, so what if, like, if you haven't told, like, your coworkers about this yet, here's what I want you to do. Wear like the – you start off with the largest shirt and you basically always wear that every single day. And as you lose weight, you simply (laughs) add new shirts underneath it until at the Christmas party when you get like turned down to dance by this guy or this girl that you've been really, really looking looking to dance with. You can say, aha, what you don't understand and unwrap, 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 unwrap (laughs) times eight. I've been hiding this buff body underneath this wonderful T-shirt this whole time. La la. You could be dancing with this. (laughs) <laughs> those ab mar- those like, abs aren't even magic marker. They're real. It's too
2: late. You've blown your chances now.
1: <laughs> like, Thank like you. Not only thanks for uh, on the mercenary scale for you know giving putting more money in our pockets, but that's such a cool thing to share with us. I'm so gl- I'm so happy that you, you you let us know that. And go- and good luck to you.
0: Yeah, best of luck. Keep us updated because uh, we're rooting for you—or not in Australia, rooting for you. Language, but we're cheering you on. We're cheering you on.
2: We are cheering you on. Yeah, we don't—we don't use that word here in Australia. But speaking of t-shirts, okay, oh, I guess one of go- the reasons go- go- keep
1: talking, but I'm going—I'm going to Google for that just to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't
2: well, you... Google with safe search on; would would be my advice. Uh, safe search off, I should say. Leave it on. Um, so, speaking of t-shirts, one of the reasons we got these done—you know—when we did is we wanted to have them ready for Google. I- so I just wanted to check with you guys. Like I was, I was lucky enough in the lottery of—I was going to say life, but it's more the lottery of tech. I managed to get a ticket. Yasmin,
0: uh, I <laughs> have not received a Google I/O ticket. I'm not saying I'm crying. I'm just saying it's raining on my face.
2: You're making lasagna for one? <laughs> is, is that what's going <laughs> exactly. on? Exactly.
0: Uh, you know, I was all dressed up. Got ordered my T-shirt. And we even got some fancy material stickers printed. I'm gonna show. i want to show our host this. So look at these fancy material stickers. Again, everyone's <laughs> gonna say, "No, we can't see this. What's going on?" I'm gonna take a picture and put them in the show notes. But we got these like really no, 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 cool no. marketing uh, marketing
1: oh, safe. So you marketing, can see it. Okay. It'll cost you four dollars plus <laughs> however much it's gonna cost to ship.
0: <laughs> well, we wanted we wanted to hand them out to all the people we ran into at Google I/O, but Yasmin still hasn't had her tickets. So <laughs> yeah.
2: Also, I I need to for them to be handed out to me personally as well. Because Yaz- we ship these to Yasmin, thinking, you know, she's in America where everything is fast. She will get them, you know, just in time. And they shipped within like two days or something, which I've never seen in Australia. Normally it's like a month for, you know, the koalas to, to ship it back here. And so, yeah, I was so excited to get these stickers. And then Yasmin's like, I don't have a Google I.O. ticket. <laughs> so someone, someone has to fix this, Yasmin. I did my stickers.
0: Yeah, so if, you know, someone can work uh, Lottery Magic, you know, it didn't. It didn't work out for us for Hamilton, but for Google I/O, maybe there's something <laughs> that can be worked out. Where we, we uh, gotta keep we rubbing that one. lamp until it finally works. <laughs> because please. <laughs> so, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I. Uh, hopefully, some magical lottery ticket fairy happens to ha- and send one to my inbox. <laughs>
1: It'll it'll work out again when you, when your heart is ready to to receive Google I O tickets, then that's when Google I O tickets will receive. Look,
0: look, I'm ready All for right. this. You know, we we talked about Google I O uh, in the past months, and we we're saying, what do we want to do? What are we so excited for Google I O? And, Andy, you said that you were going to get this, like, really awesome uh, Google I.O. material van if you won the lottery. And, you know, that didn't happen, but I've been talking to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and they have this, like, really awesome minivan. And so I'm thinking that we can take their minivan to Google I.O., and we can just put, like, material stickers all over it. I'm sure they'll be on board. So if you want to see the material minivan, get us to Google I.O.
1: That's, and that'll work out because I'll be just another middle-aged tech guy living in a minivan in, this, in, the, <laughs> in, in the valley. <laughs> so they'll come up to me and say, oh, so do you work for Google or Apple?
2: <laughs> How about that house price in San Francisco, eh?
0: <laughs> Russell, you are, yes. s- are sporting something on your hand.
2: I Do it monolith style from
0: 2001?
2: Yes. So, for th- for those that have listened to, should be able to make this light up, for those that have listened to previous uh, shows, and I hope you all have, you know, go back and listen to the back catalogue if you haven't, I, I had a weak moment, you know, I used to own a Galaxy S6, I swore off it because of all the, the Samsung bloat that was on there, the 6P came along and I'm like, this is the greatest phone ever, I shall never go back to, to my overlords, and then as you know, the S7 Edge came out, and I did get it, and I, I still have it, I still love it, and then... You know, Phil, Phil stole my Motorola smartwatch. Um, he he decided it was his. You know, it, I wasn't around. He's like, this is my watch now. And so I'm walking around without a watch. And at first, I'm like, this is liberating. There's, there's no smartwatch on my wrist. You know, I'm really loving this. After a while, though, I did come to miss it. I started missing sort of phone calls and notifications. I'm like... I used to have a system for this. And then I I went and looked at the market. I went and looked at the Huawei watch. I'm like, this this one's not for me. And then, Yasmin, I strolled through a straw here in Australia. And we don't have a lot of smartwatch selection here. Like, a lot of it has to be shipped from overseas. And I saw the Samsung Gear S2 Classic. (laughs) And I'm like, this watch looks amazing. And they had it all set up, you know, with these demo units that you could play with. And I'm flicking the the bezel thing I'm like this is a really nice interaction you know it's very smooth it's very fluid rotating, there's no the rotating crown yeah the the rotating crown that they've got on the the classic one um, I think the the other model has like a, a touch sensitive area that doesn't rotate you you rotate your finger instead but the interaction model was just so nice and you know it's just such, such a nice watch it's it's very small it's not not a huge thing on your wrist like a Yasmin's watch but, <laughs> stop mentioning. But, I really liked it, and I'm like, you know what? These guys have a return policy. You know that there is a thing that if you don't like it, you can bring it back. I'm like, I might, I might just see what it's like. And I've been wearing it um, since Thursday. And I'm—I don't know if I'm ashamed to say or I'm proud to say, but I love this watch. I think it's—it's it's honestly the best smartwatch that I've worn. You know, I've had a lot of Android wears. I've had the Apple Watch. This one seems to nail it. And I, I know the the criticism that it has from a lot of people is it's not—it doesn't run Android Wear. It runs, I think, Tizen, and it's got. Samsung's own sort of stuff on there. And there's not honestly not a lot of apps available for it. But what I found is I've been wearing a smartwatch now for, wow, ever since they gave them out at I.O. you know a few years ago. And I find I don't really use the apps on there. And I'm like, this has everything I need. It's got the step tracking. It's got the fitness stuff. It's got uh, notification support. And I have to say the interaction model of that rotating bezel, I'm just sitting here rotating it now, is just so nice. There's just something about not having to actually touch the watch face and still getting that one-to-one kind of physical interaction model that I I don't know. I don't know if it's the newness of the thing but I think I'm in love.
0: Do, now, did you do cuz it has the ability to do standalone um like 3G 4G network connectivity? Have you set that up or is it just connected from your phone right now?
2: Uh it it does. <laughs> 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 <This is laughs> we'll me. cut that. Out. Well, I'm looking
0: <laughs> at their product page right now and <laughs> and I see that but um so that's actually interesting. That that'll be interesting to know if you do set that up. If you can find a carrier that does it, I do. But
2: I don't know if my model has that. I mean, there's no obvious okay. place to put a SIM card unless it's one of those, those built-in built in or something type things. But I, I mean, the, it does have the same thing as Android, where it's got the Wi-Fi connectivity, where even if it's disconnected from your watch, it can still um, you know ping the network, which is nice. But I found the the screen is really nice. I mean, the battery life has been really good. It easily gets you know two days, if not three days, with the the screen off.
0: Now, have you used the voice calling via yeah, the watch?
2: <laughs> no, Please so tell this me, is-
0: oh, Russell. This is you know you get all the cool stuff. You're supposed to use all the nerd features. You know, so I've seen,
2: I've seen, I've, I've seen my wife do this. She has an Apple Watch and she has called people from the watch. And I, I do like the Dick Tracy novelty of it, but I actually don't call people. I'd be lucky to call like one person a month, and maybe like. One one person a week will call me, and that's my mum. Hi, mum, if you're listening. Like, it's very nice to get your phone call every week, but I don't use it for calls. So the other big downside is obviously there's no Hangouts app for this. So Google has not made a a Tizen app, so I can't actually respond to Hangouts messages. I, I can respond to SMS. You know, no worries. You've got again with the bezel, you can choose different emoji, you can choose different um, you know built-in responses. But you can't if you try and respond to a Hangouts message. It's just like I'm gonna open this on your phone. You're like, oh, I guess mm-hmm. I guess that's the best you can do.
1: Yeah it's it's well, it's uh, it would be a bummer for me not to have the actual android wear on it because that's where everything is but one of the things that really uh, was illuminating for me wearing the the apple watch for several months was that it really it turned me around into realizing that all a, a smartwatch has to be is a cool watch in order to be a good product That it doesn't really, given that there are people who spend three hundred dollars for watches that do nothing but tell the time and and the calendar, if it does that, plus it does extra features that you find valuable and you keep coming back to, that's really all that matters. I I have to admit that I haven't really been looking at uh, the Tizen based uh, Samsung Android wear, excuse me, (laughs) wearables (laughs) for that reason, Uh, but uh, it's it, it looks like a million bucks. And uh, that's something that really seems to be setting apart the Android-based smartwatches from Apple Watch because the Apple Watch is is a beautifully designed what it is, but what it is is a gadget watch, whereas it really is the the Android side of things have been building these beautiful jewelry-style watches. And if the circular... Uh, screen is the separator it's really paying off i saw uh, for the uh i think i was i think it was at yosemite but but recently i saw my first uh, fossil q watch in the wild and man that's a handsome handsome watch it's a little bit oversized but not for it's used it's what you're used to seeing in a stainless steel watch but you would if you were to guess what the price of this watch is I think that I would have gone anywhere up to a thousand or eleven hundred dollars, and I don't think I've ever made a guess. I would have made a guess more than say two hundred eighty dollars on an Apple Watch. Uh, it really is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it's got me a little bit tempted. Uh, I'm, I'm still loving my uh, my uh, my Moto uh, three hundred and sixty generation two, uh, but you know, if I get the itch to buy another one, uh, it's I'm, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that Moto will finally get rid of the flat tire. I don't regard it as a big deal, but It'd be really cool to have one of these fancy big boy watches that's stainless steel and them
2: people think you own a speedboat when they see something like that on your wrist, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean the the other thing I really like about this is the same is true of Android where that each manufacturer makes its own watch faces, and I've only ever been happy with the Motorola ones. Like, yeah. I personally find the LG ones like really gaudy. It's very like skeuomorphic sort of detailed design on a on a watch face that's just not like the resolution isn't there to do it, but I have to say I'm really happy with Samsung's ones as well. All their built-in watch faces. I mean, the one the one that's in there by default is just—it's really nice. You know, you don't see the jagged lines as the uh, the things move around. There's animations. The hands move smoothly. And I have I have a few things to convince you as well. Yes, it has NFC built-in. <gasps> yeah. OLED screen. We know oh how you love gosh. the OLED screen.
0: I'm tempted. I'm <laughs> tempted, but. I don't want to get a Samsung phone, so
2: no. So you don't. It doesn't. It works with more than just the the Samsung phone as well.
0: Oh, okay. But uh, are like what? Do you know what's restricted?
2: So as far as I know, you download the I think it's called the Samsung Gear app, and you can do it on any Android phone that's four point four and above. I don't. I haven't researched it enough to know if there's some limitations. You know, you get some extra things on the Samsung phone, maybe that you don't on Android. But nothing. I've used it for so far. You know, I can't think of any technical reasons why that. That wouldn't work on on any phone
0: yeah because i was uh when i got the aces on watch and i got like the first generation which is just ginormous one of the things that i love seeing the product videos were like oh you know set up like a, a like a list reminder of like your day and have an integrated with like a calendar and your agenda and all those things Um, And I was really excited for that because I figured like, oh, Asus has like a watch. um, Sorry, has an app built into it or something that does it. But I think it only works with their Asus, uh, their actual phones. And so I was like, oh, I missed out on that cool feature that I was excited for. And so I know that there's some things that probably uh, don't integrate as well. But I'm I'm tempted because it looks a lot smaller than (laughs) any of the other (laughs) Android Wear watches out here. So... I'm I'm crossing my fingers. Google I.O., please give me smaller, smaller watches <laughs> with uh, NFC tap and pay. Come on.
2: There is one other thing here as well, which I think is, is worth mentioning, is that Samsung is a company that's known for throwing things against the wall and seeing if yeah. they stick. And I'm starting to wonder if they've thrown enough things against the wall that they actually now actually know exactly what sticks. Like the, the S7 Edge is an amazing phone. Like the hardware, it feels like they've nailed everything, like the battery life, the camera, the screen the design this watch feels the same way like there's nothing in here that i look at it and i'm like oh why the heck is that there it feels like a gimmick like right down to i honestly like i said i thought the rotating bezel thing was was going to be a gimmick but i prefer it to the digital crown i prefer it to you know other interaction methods that i've seen so it's it's interesting i want to ask about that so how hot is it in australia right now is it summer Uh, yeah, it's it's summer here, yeah. so it, it has been quite hot over the weekend.
1: So, so even when you're sweating and it does it get – does the digital crown get – excuse me, does the bezel start to get all gummy and st- stop to move? Stop moving smoothly? That was one of the problems that I was having with uh, Apple Watch where on a hot day, that buttery smooth roll that you get in winter when you're not sweating turns into a little bit of force, a little bit of force, and then, okay, there it goes. Now it's rolling.
2: <laughs> no, and the difference is, is here. This has a like an actual – physical click for every step. So every time you switch Mm. to another interface, it's an actual click, click, click. And it's not something that they simulate. It's actually, it's the bezel, you know, clicking into those positions. It's very much, I guess the two ways i describe it, so you see which one of those hits you best, is one, I don't know if you remember those Logitech mice that used to have the setting that you could make the wheel click. It feels very much like that. Or I guess if you want to think of, you know, traditional watch vocabulary, it's just the diver's watches used to get where you could rotate the frame. It's not quite as stiff as that. Like it's a lot more freely... Um, moving, but it, yeah. In the heat, it's fine. Um, today is quite cold, coincidentally, and it's it's been fine in that as well.
1: I got I got one last important question for you, though. It's un, an unusually a pertinent one because you're not just a happy consumer of this device. You are also a, a part of a development team that has created one of the nicest Android Wear apps that's out there. You made a version of Pocket Casts that works so well with Android Wear that it is one of those apps that I show off to people when I show them why I'm using this instead of uh, instead of Android. Excuse me, instead of uh, Apple Watch. Are you going to create a version of Pocket Casts that will work on Tizen that will work with this watch? <laughs> that's because that's what, that's what i'm afraid of that it'll be a box of great features that are there when i open the box but it won't it won't give me that nice surprise that i get where suddenly pocket cast went up oh wow pocket cast now has this oh wonderful now this watch does things i didn't do when i first took it out of the box
2: yeah so this is the interesting thing and i'm not sure how many other people would be aware of this but there's a lot of playback stuff built into android that's that's like we support but it's not really interface exposed by our app so the thing that you're currently playing, the, the skip controls, the play-pause, even the artwork are all things we supply to the system and they're all things that appear already like on this watch. So I, I get a nice little playback screen that tells me what I'm playing in Pocket Cast. I'm looking at it right now. Um, it's got volume controls, it's got play-pause, it's got skip. Um, the the one thing that's missing is the browse functionality that that, that you get on Android Wear. So you you get a lot of stuff for free. And I, I guess that's the reason initially you're probably not going to make an app. Like if you look at the amount of customization we've done on Android Wear, outside of that system stuff, it's not a lot. You know, we support that browse thing that's built into to Android Wear as well, where you can browse through you know all your things. So literally the only custom thing we've done is made an up next list that I think you can launch you know separately and you can look through it and you can you can tap on something. So probably initially, you know this this is good enough. What? But can you think of something that would be better than good enough? Like, what if there is something
1: you want to be better and better and better at or better, better, better to do?
2: Yeah, that would be interesting. And what if I needed a way to, to pay for this purchase? What if I didn't want to take it back, you know, within the, the return period? What if I actually wanted to keep it? You know, if there was a way to do that, I think that would be amazing. And coincidentally, something just popped up on my screen here that the sponsor for this show is Linode. So this episode is brought to you by Linode. Uh, Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers. They're spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get servers up and running in less than a minute. You know They've got a really nice admin area. It's go click, click, click. This is the stuff that I want. Boom. Plans start at $10 a month, and they only charge you for what you use. So if halfway through the month you're like, oh, I don't need it for the rest of the month, you can power it down and you know, you'll know only pay half that. You can choose your, uh, your resources, your Linux distro, uh, where you want your node, you know, to be located in any one of those eight data centers. And it's it's really easy to, to get up and running. And some of the reasons you might want to choose Linode, you've got industry-leading native SSD storage, you know, really fast uh disks, super important. You've got powerful Intel E5 processors, which is the fastest ones you can get in the cloud market. And you've got access to a 40 gigabit, you know, network with multiple levels of redundancy. So you're it, it's a proper, you know, virtual private server sitting in a data center with all the connectivity that, that comes with that. And, you know, just some of the things you can do with that, you can run a private Git server, you can host large databases, you can run a mail server, um, you can run, you know, powerful applications that need to do, you know, a lot of processing. Because you have that dedicated resource, you know, you've got a dedicated amount of CPU, a dedicated amount of RAM, you can really, you know, do whatever you want. Like, for example, here, you know, we were talking about Pocket Cast before and one of the things that makes, you know, Pocket Cast really cool is the back-end infrastructure that does, you know, all your syncing and your podcast updates and and that sort of thing. And we run all that, you know, on Linode. And we have, you know, for many years, we're a, we're a happy customer. So as a listener of this show, you're thinking, hmm, you know, I might recommend this to someone or I might use it myself. If you go to linode.com slash material, um, you'll support us and you'll also get $20 off uh, your first Linode plan. And, you know, they have a seven-day money-back guarantee. So if you find it's, you know, too full-on for you or you didn't really need a server, you know, you can get your money back. And if you're so excited that you're already in the the checkout process and you're like, oh, I forgot to click the URL, you can use the promo code material20 at checkout so we want to thank Linode for supporting this show and all of RelayFM. like you very much
1: also i have I, we all have reason to thank google uh, a for not crushing us like the tiny bugs that we are relative to their power over our lives uh, but also they have finally made the collection of nick photo filters uh, free for everybody. Uh Nick uh, was a company that they acquired a few years ago. They made the, they make these amazing professional photo filters that will work with any app that is that uh, works with uh, f- uh, Photoshop filters and they're just amazing. There's uh, filters for uh removing noise, filters for uh sharpening the color and the and the tone profiles, uh, filters for HDR. Uh, one of my favorites I just used a few days ago uh is a uh, black and white filter that uh, I'm so frustrated because, well, I, I came back from Yosemite, and the shameful fact that you know, we're just weak meat bags of failure. Uh, so that when we come back from anytime you come back from Yosemite, you automatically try to make all of your pictures look like Ansel Adams masterpieces, even though they most assuredly are not those things. And that means getting this really Present sort of black and white effect, and no kidding. I was, uh, I had these uh, pictures of half dome and other beautiful landscape uh, features in Photoshop in Lightroom. I could not get the sort of effect that I really, really wanted. I had this, uh, I sh- you'll see it in the show notes, but I just share it with uh, Yasmin and Russell. Uh, a picture of half dome, and there's the, 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 the bare flat face of half dome has all this texture in it where there's this one. Th- like a smear of like lighter colored stone, like something must've dropped off fairly recently of it. And I was, I really want to get this high contrast. We really see that wet, that white shear, uh, And it was a colored photo, but I could not get that. All I did was, uh, now that I have these free Nick filters, I, uh, right from the app, I processed it in, uh, it's bla- this uh, black and white filter kit. And it just gives you like these, here are 11 different ways automatically that we can do things we can do for it. They give you previews. You click on the one that's closest to what you want, and then you twiddle with some sliders. And it's almost depressing that in less than 30 seconds, I got perfectly the exact effect that I wanted to get and couldn't get in 20 or 30 seconds, minutes of fiddling around. Uh, and that's something that uh, as an uh, uh, <laughs> enthusiastic amateur, it's it's so great to be reminded that uh, oftentimes, when you see a certain type of photo, a certain type of effect, where my God, that looks—those colors are so intense, and those blacks are so present, and it looks so s- sharper than boy, my my uh, my lens could possibly do, my camera can possibly do. If you looked at the original thing that that photographer snapped, and you realized how much processing they put into it in Photoshop, and you realize that oh. I can make my photos as sharp as that by using a really good sharpening tool, or I can get that really good color effect either by being as talented as those people are in Photoshop or by getting this $80 or $90 filter that will get me at least 90% of the way. Uh, and it's, it really takes me back to uh, when I was first, when I was a kid uh, and first started getting into photography seriously. I had the... Uh, Key to the disused school darkroom uh, that was that nobody used, Uh, and I got Ansel Adams' book on uh, darkroom technique, which made me so happy because he he walked. It's a classic book on photography. Walks you through every step of the way of him uh, in all the darkroom stuff he does to make a certain picture, a a certain famous picture from the glass plate to the print. And as a little little kid, it just inspired me that, oh, even Ansel Adams doesn't, he doesn't just like take the picture and that's it. He really has to work on it and work on it. And so I actually met Ansel Adams like about eight months after getting that book. And so now it just feels good to re- be reminded time and time again that it's all this post-processing that helps you out. And these Nick filters that, nor I think they originally sold for like 300 bucks when before Google acquired the company. Uh, and then when after the acquisition, I think Google started selling for 150 bucks. And now they have a the statement that they made on uh, Google Plus, of course, Uh, is photo enthusiasts (laughs) all over the world use the nick collection to get the best out of their images every day as we continue to focus our long-term investments in building incredible photo editing tools for mobile including google photos and Snapseed, we've decided to make the nick collection desktop suite available for free so that now anyone can use it translation yeah we're not doing anything with this whatsoever. so <laughs> at, if it, if at some point this stops working with your software yeah good but but it's, it's still really it's still really nice that rather than doing what apple sometimes does like uh, they acquire a company that has a lot of because they want either one product in their portfolio or they want some patents that they have or they want some talent that they have and any software that they once released this console this company is now dead 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 and you'll never be able to find it again it's nice that google is saying well we could do we don't even have to like uh, sell it anymore. We can actually just give it away because if it costs us nothing, why don't just make it cost nothing for everybody?
0: Now, what apps do you have to be using in order to use the filters?
1: I'm using it, of course, with Lightroom and with Photoshop. Uh, I have the the it's like the $10 a month uh, you know, Tyro Photographer subscription to Adobe Creative Cloud, but a lot of different apps support the plugin architecture. They also work as standalone apps, I think. So that you can, if you're using them within an app, they appear to work within the app, and just a new palette and a new window pops up. Uh, but you can also, I think, drag files right into it. But th- this is the great thing to recommend because it costs you nothing. If, even if it costs ten bucks, <laughs> and I and I told and I, I was saying this that you don't need Photoshop and was actually really hard to use, I would not feel guilty because free.
0: Yeah, I, I always like playing with the, the filters like uh, we, we needed to update this photo for like a website. And I was like, hmm, I can go into Photoshop and mess with all the all the different settings and kind of make it or I can just, you know, drag this picture into my tablet and pick one of the filters and one of these uh, camera editing apps and like make it happen really quick. So it's pretty cool that you can you can do this uh, from the desktop and they provided them for free.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking at their um supported configurations down here. You've got Photoshop, Lightroom, um, Aperture on the Mac, and then on the Windows side you've got the the same two uh Photoshop products. And it looks like you're right, Andy. So from Windows Vista and above and Mac OS ten seven and above, you can, you know, get them standalone as well. That's really cool for a free thing. And I I'm the same as Yasmin. Like I favor really, you know, quick one press filtering, maybe like with one slider. But I'm looking at the pictures you took here at Yosemite. And just to see how washed out, you know, that, that mountain looks at first. And then yeah. just to see how detailed and contrasty it looks in black and white is I mean, that's amazing. If you can get that kind of effect, you know, using some simple post-processing, I, I think that's, you know, well yeah. worth checking out.
1: And it's also it's not just for people who are, again, enthusiastic amateurs like myself. Uh I love how these sorts of tools are the great equalizer for just about every camera phone that exists. That uh, the next, I love the pictures that my Nexus 5X takes. I wish it took photos as well as a new Samsung or as well as an iPhone did, but I wasn't willing to spend the extra three hundred dollars and also get lose the features that I liked about this phone. But. With a little bit of post-processing, I can remove the low light noise that uh, that uh, is in my 5X shots. I can sharpen it. I can give give it the external – the extra tone uh, that is missing from my iPhone-type shots. And it really comes down to, OK, I suppose if you were to obsessively put this, uh, this uh, post-processed photo next to something that this new Samsung would have shot, you can still say that it's not quite as good. But it's – alone, it's well up there. Uh, and honestly, so even if this even if this package cost a hundred bucks, I think a lot of people who are disappointed with their current camera phones would rather be happier buying a hundred dollar package of add on software for their photo uh, library than buying another six hundred or seven hundred dollar phone that they maybe don't need yet.
2: Yeah, I've definitely sort of felt the same for a while. Um, I, I always find it interesting, you know, my brother and um, his wife, they go on holidays and they, they never used to have a very good camera and they take all these photos and you see the originals and you're like, yeah, you can tell, you know, washed out, you know, the colours are all wrong, the sky is funny. But then, um, you know, his wife will sit down and do the post-processing to it and the photos that come out the other end and go to up to, you know, Facebook and Instagram just look absolutely amazing. And you're just staring at it, you're like, Did, is that really the source <laughs> photo that, that led to this? Like the amount of things you can do uh, you know, in in post is yeah, it's it's truly amazing. So we'll we'll put a link to this in the show notes. You should definitely you know check it out.
0: Speaking of things floating around, <laughs> Android N, someone, <laughs> yeah, see you. You like my transition there? You like my <laughs> transition? You're laughing at it. <laughs> There's has been a cool update for Android N is now that you can have free floating, freeform windows on Android and the developer preview. So what this means is, you know, like uh, on your desktop, you have all these different windows. Like currently right now I'm recording and I have, you know, like my Slack app open and I have like my Skype open and like my browser with the show notes and they're all kind of floating around and I can arrange them whatever way they want. And I can have them on top of each other, you know, or on side, by side or whatever I want to do. So before the with the Android end, they had the split screen, so you can only put two apps side by side or you know like on top of each other. But now there is the ability to do freeform window, which is pretty exciting because I could see how this could be really really useful for something like the Pixel C that's running Android, but it it's pretty big and it functions a bit kind of like a laptop, except it's touch screen. So I'm pretty excited to see the, the kind of the developments of uh, what this means and what what I guess what is to happen, uh, like where Android and Chrome OS kind of are mer- not merging, but you are, it's going to be a little bit harder to tell them apart. I mean, it's going to be running Android, but it's going to function, be able to function almost like a laptop would.
2: I think it's it's really interesting to see the way Google rolled this out, like it they they haven't hidden it they said hey look manufacturers there's this um you know floating window setting in here there's no way to enable this as a user but if you're a a manufacturer you know making your own custom version or if you're a hacker that you know makes your own custom roms or whatever you can turn this on and i wonder if they want the manufacturers to do the initial experimentation like you know put this on a laptop put this on a tablet you know add a few things see see how the interaction model is you know see how it works so that you know that experimentation you know can be done for them and then maybe down the track they'll actually adopt that into the, you know, the formal version of Android. So you'll get the Pixel C two or whatever fancy name, you know, they have for it. And, you know, suddenly you'll have multi window support. And I think the cool thing about this is that Android, I think for a long time I supported a mouse and keyboard as well. So you yeah. could potentially, you know, plug in plug in a mouse and keyboard, think I guess laptop or or fancy tablet into um, an Android device. And suddenly you're dragging windows around and, you know, you're closing them, you're moving them.
1: That's one of the things that first impressed the heck out of me with material that, um, the first time that I had, I think it was even, uh just a, just a phone, not even a tablet. And I plugged in a keyboard, plugged in a mouse, and realized that even with without split-screen view, even without overlapping windows, it really does respond like it's, it was designed with a mouse in mind. Because all the things that make it very easy to tap at things with your finger seem to be now natural targets for the mouse. So I've always been super interested to see what would happen if they got into multi-windowing. And at the very least, started selling uh, 9-inch tablets that would feel a little bit more like a notebook. I'm not sure how I would react to the idea of a full-on Android notebook, though. This it looks like this is def this uh, new multi-windowing system is definitely enabling, uh, encouraging someone to come up with that idea. And there are no shortage of OEMs that are making really cheap, like ARM-based notebooks that do nothing right now, but are seem to be just waiting to have Android installed in it. So I, I'm not sure how much I would be willing to. I think I think it would really have to be like a uh, like a $300 maybe $350 price point before i would start to get swayed away from the $400 and $500 windows 10 uh, notebooks but man what an interesting development
0: yeah i'd say the like the frustrating part though of when it's if it is running android and i always go back to this and it's like the silliest thing but, you know, a lot of uh, websites don't let you either Chromecast things or view things on your tablet or mobile phone. Like if you're some some uh, websites that provide free videos, you're like, oh, please go view this on desktop. I, I don't know if Hulu is still doing that where it's like you can't watch it on a mobile uh, screen device or I guess Hulu's not probably not doing that anymore. Um, but that's always kind of the frustrating part because I think it's some form of a. Uh, restrictions with like what what they have access to in terms of legally like oh we licensing. can't we can licensing yeah so you can play it on your computer but you can't play it on your mobile device and so for me that would be like a huge drawback because i'm like i just want something that i can use to uh, chromecast some links or something on there but um if there was a way around that i would be totally interested in an android um ta- or sorry android laptop
2: yeah, I mean the other the interesting thing is you look at how many apps are available for the Chromecast. uh oh, Chromecast. The Chromebook, <laughs> the Chrome OS. And you look at how many apps are available for Android. And I know it's not directly comparable. Like I know some Android apps are really meant to run on your phone and don't make much sense on a on a tablet. But there's a huge selection of of apps that you could potentially load in these windows and actually get, you know, use out of. Spotify, you know, PocketCast, Google Maps, like a whole bunch of other things that would just would just work, presumably. I mean, they might not feel native to the desktop, but you know, you could click them, you could drag them, you could, you know, interact with them.
1: I'm a little bit surprised, though, that they're going straight to overlapping – there's there's nothing between split screen view where you can have two different apps side by side. And in the developer notes, they were recommending that for phones and for smaller mobile devices uh, and this uh, overlapping Windows thing because uh, I love on my iPad Pro and even on my smaller iPads the ability that I can I – can s- split the screen into multiple application areas but i don't have to get all fiddly with oh boy that now that part of that window is covering up that part of that under other <laughs> window if i had what i would i would absolutely love to have a 13 inch tablet like what i've got on my uh, on my ipad and have it in a full tiled mode where i can then i can do half and half and then split one of the halves into a music player and a video player or, or, or an outline right something i just want to sort of keep an eye on and have three or four apps it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the if Android N includes any sort of a feature, even if it's a, a hidden feature, for t- taking all the open windows and tiling them for you or managing them for you. Because otherwise, even on a nine-inch tablet, having to now move this one here, then resize that a little bit here. I've got the 25-inch screen right here in front of me. Even, even now, I'm sort of, okay, but the, the Skype window isn't quite big enough, and so... <laughs>
0: yeah i from I was writing show notes on the on the Nexus nine and it has it's running Android n the developer preview and i was uh, had the outline on one side and then I had uh, a markdown uh, editor on the other side because I was writing the show notes and and if and as I was going through that, I was like, man, I really wish there was a way to kind of swipe up or have some form of gesture where I could open up a different screen. So you have those two apps side by side. And then you could have another screen that would open the app, you know, full screen, not side by side. Because right now the the process is if I have the Google Docs open on one side and then the markdown editor on the right on the other side, and if I click on a link, it will take over one of those apps and replace that. And I'm like, no, I don't want to replace that. I just kind of I, I wish it could open it in full screen and then I can go back to the side by side because it can, then I have to like hit the back button and get back into it. So I think it would be really cool if you could have some form of like multiple screens that you can kind of uh, slide through. And I, I I was trying to think through the interactions because I was like, that would be really neat, but I'm figuring like that would be actually pretty hard on on a tablet or on your phone. So I know Russell and I were, were brainstorming. We were like, maybe you could do like multiple, you know, finger swipe kind of like the iPad does when you want to switch between apps. And I think uh, Russell suggested having like a swipe from the side and it would get a, a bit messy, but... That would be interesting to explore.
2: One thing I'd really want to see, I don't know how well this would work in practice, but imagine if you could group two apps um, under one, I guess, icon. So you could say these two apps, they logically work together. Um, I want you to launch like OS. I want you to launch them together and I want you to remember where I had the split. I think that would be cool. I think the other thing that would be cool is a version of what Microsoft have done. So I don't know if either of you have played much with... um, windows 10 but they've got this concept that if you drag a window all the way to the left it'll automatically snap it to the left for you so it'll extend it you know the full height and it'll make it like a certain width the same if you drag it to the top i think is full screen if you go to the right you get right snapping so they kind of have an in-between thing where you've got split screen you know but with the help of easily snapping Mm. you know things for you i think os 10 does something similar i've never actually used it but somewhere there is there is a similar feature
1: yeah it brings in if you swipe in from the right it brings in a, another application launcher that has that that contains every single app that supports this sort of uh, split screen or minimized view uh, it's it's keen to see how now now we've got uh, all three of the bears here you know, Papa Bear, Mama Bear, and Baby Bear. <laughs> where you've got the Papa Bear in the form of Windows Ten, which is we're going to run our, we're going to create our same desktop operating system, but we're going to make give it so much agility that'll work fine on a tablet or even a phone. You got Baby Bear, which is Apple's iOS, saying that no, this is a mobile OS, just nothing but mobile. It's mobile, mobile, mobile. We're only going to put it on mobile devices, but we're going to give it enough power that you can actually use it as a laptop relate as a desktop replacement in certain circumstances. But with what we're looks what we're seeing from Android and now, it seems as as though uh, and, uh, that Google is trying to find a middle ground between the two, that there are advantages to developing a piece of hardware that can't run a desktop operating system, but there's no reason why it can't behave like a desktop operating system. Uh, so um, it's there's, there's, there's going to be a lot to watch. I, I think a lot of people uh, are coming around to the knowledge that if they can afford to have two computers, they don't necessarily have to be two of the same kind of computer. That if they already have a decent thirteen-inch notebook, they and they but they need they actually do need something that's smaller and more portable. They don't necessarily need to have a MacBook Air, or they don't necessarily need to have one of these super slim Windows tablets. Maybe something that is just handy enough to do all the stuff that they don't want to carry around a notebook for. Maybe that's good enough. Um, actually, there's some other good news last week. Uh, speaking of uh, iOS uh, and uh, uh, how they and all this slide-in sort of stuff, uh, Google finally updated the YouTube app for iOS uh, to work with well with iOS nine. Uh, so people who were especially now that they're using their nine point seven inch iPad Pros, uh, it uh, now it supports a split screen and slide over. So you can now have YouTube running in a section of the screen. Uh, the it's one surprising thing though, is that than most natural feature in the world, picture in picture, and it's not supporting it the way that the standard app does. I think that the excuse me, the standard uh, OS iOS nine does. I think that it will work within the bounds of the actual uh, app directly, but it seems odd that they wouldn't just simply say we're going to support this the standard way, so that every single uh, every single environment that would support picture in picture uh, actually supports that. Um, so it's it's good to see that Google is. Uh, completely completely committed to uh, iOS certainly in a way that they're not committed to uh, to poor uh, poor Windows mobile devices uh, but uh, it also reminds us that oh goodness it's time for them to make uh, iOS 9 happy versions of the Google Docs uh, apps. It's still a little bit sad. At the uh, iOS nine kind of sh- unintentionally shames every app that has not been updated to support these new features, uh, because uh, on uh, on an iPad, like when I'm using uh, Windows, uh, uh, Microsoft's Office apps, they're just they're demo quality. They're like Apple Apple event demo quality, and how well they embrace all these things, and how well they show off how good uh, the iPad Pro is. Uh, but when you open up a, a Google app. It's not just that it doesn't support these features. Uh, iOS 9 adds this really cool new keyboard that is tuned for these larger iOS screens. And so the shame comes in when you launch one of these incompatible apps, even in full screen mode because you're going to use it in full screen mode. And suddenly you're using this huge like marshmallow-sized keycaps that are scaled for these smaller tablets. And you're like, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and it's not like Google Docs are like a, a minor app for anybody. It's like there's there is starting to be a little bit of shaming involved in that. So I hope that at least by Google I O they will show off a full full throated support for iOS nine.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how that's gone. Like obviously when the original iPhone launched, you know Google Maps and uh, YouTube were were built right in. And that relationship, you know, might have soured, but Google continued to provide all their apps for iOS as really like, you know, really, really good apps. And then you had the introduction of iOS 9 and it seems like they have dropped the ball a little bit. You know, Google um, Docs still doesn't support the split screen. The YouTube thing, I can maybe understand the technical reason that there's no um, picture-in-picture initially. It's, It's the typical Apple, you know, API where... If your app uses all their standard frameworks, it is really easy yeah. to get picture-in-picture picture working. But if, like I suspect, YouTube does, you've got your own custom, you know, streaming protocol, and you're, you're doing all the upscaling and downscaling, and who knows what other stuff. I, I suspect there is some technical hurdles to be overcome. But I mean, we are talking about Google. You know, they they're, have resources. they're not short of resources. <laughs> if you need more developers, I'm sure they're available. It seems like, you know, as Androids ramped up, and you know, all these other parts of Google are firing on. All cylinders. It does seem like their iOS updates are, are lagging behind, you know, just a bit. And I should also say, like, some people might ask us, you know, why are you talking about iOS? But we we have the stats. We we know the download numbers. Thirty percent of you actually listen on an iOS device. So I'm not sure if, you know, you kind of use Google on the iOS side and you're happy. You're thinking about switching, or you just you want to find out what the other side's like. But we we know you're out there. So a shout out to our um iOS listeners. Yeah,
1: I, it'll be interesting to see if, if if Google decides to simply say, well. The uh, the iOS browser on the iPad is muscular enough that we would like to encourage people to use uh, the Chrome browser to run those apps in because the Chrome browser does support uh, a picture – excuse me, does support uh, split screen view. Uh, that's how I normally browse the web. Uh, that, that's, that is their way of getting out of pretty much every discussion. That's when they uh, talk about the lack of support for uh, Windows phones. But still, all you got to do is look at the difference between uh, Microsoft Office on the web and Microsoft Office, even just as an iOS app, to see when you really are able to support these things natively, when you're allowing people to use these apps, even when they're not connected to the internet, not because you're, you've got mad skills in supporting every single new uh, offline mode uh, in HTML, but because you're, <laughs> you care about writing native apps. Uh, it, it really is something.
0: So over the week, there was this uh, really awesome, expansive profile profile piece on Sundar Pichai. And it was uh, BuzzFeed's Matt Honan uh, took some time to kind of get to know Pichai. And he had some really interesting stories. And it was actually a really, really um, interesting read. And it's pretty long. So, you know, bear with it. Like, read through all of it. Because I think they have some cool stories that I was like, what? Like, you, you kind of get into the inside of how a company... Uh, like Google works. And I've seen Sunder Pichai. you know, he just became CEO recently when Alphabet uh, was, was announced, and he did, then became CEO of Google. But he's been if you're if you follow Android or any really Google news, like prior to this, you know him because he's, he was kind of the face of the Google IO. He's the one that gives a keynote and he really goes in there um, and shares some stuff. So like, he's not really someone that you don't know, if you are in the android uh, space. But if you're not, he's probably like, who is this guy? Surprise. Um, and so it was interesting reading the the long piece because it was saying that he was at CES and he was actually just walking around and he didn't have his like, he flipped his name tag around so you couldn't see his name. And he was just walking around and like no one recognized him where if you would have seen someone like uh, Tim Cook, you know, you are, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you would have said, oh, my gosh, like, that's the CEO of Apple or CEO of Facebook, like, I'm, you know, everyone just crowds him or, but for Sundar, that wasn't the case. So it was really, really interesting. And there was even a, a piece in there where it says uh, he was looking at uh, like all this connected and smart home things. And he went up to the Samsung booth and it was about the smart refrigerator. And the woman um, is, uh, I guess, do, doing the presentation and actually flips his name tag around and sees his name, but doesn't even recognize him and was just like, hey, and you, like, what questions do you have? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, talking to the CEO of Google, like, in <laughs> your Samsung company. Um, I, you know, I, I, I myself would probably kind of like freaked out, like, oh my gosh, Sundar, you know, because um, he's a. I think cool I'll pick person. up a
2: few empty boxes at Office Max on the way back to the office. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to need them. I mean, one of the things I found fascinating about this interview. I mean, you do have to prefix it with the fact that yes, you know, he had a, a reporter ride with him in all these different places, and yes, they're going to set up you know opportunities that you know shine the best light possible on Google. And but I think it felt like Matt Honan spent enough time with Sundar that he could actually get a feeling for what he's like. I think there's only you know so much PR you can do and so many things you can do if you spend enough time with someone. I, I feel like you're still kind of you know, you'll get through. And I thought some of the, the stories in here were, were interesting that I hadn't even heard before. So um, one of them was about, you know, Sunda's history, you know, where he grew up. It says, the CEO of this American Colossus grew up in a two-room house in Chennai where he and his brother slept on the living room floor. Here's the quote from Sundar. He says, my parents sacrificed a lot and education was all, always a priority, he says. I felt fortunate about the opportunities I had so I never felt it was it was modest because they were determined to give me access to education, you know, whatever it took. And I, I think, you know, that that is one of those stories that's really interesting. When you see someone, you know, go from, you know, this small sort of humble beginning where his parents were like, you know, you need to get educated, you need to get a degree. He even says later in the article, I thought it was really cute, that his dad's still upset with him that he didn't end up finishing, you know, this degree that he em- embarked on. He's like, you he should have finished <laughs> that first. You know, I'm like, Dad, i Google. Google. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there was some really... Uh, just interesting pieces of kind of like things that I didn't know Google was doing. And one of the stories that really kind of uh, touched me was he's really uh, passionate about bringing women online. And so there's a program in Google called Internet Sati, I'm I'm putting that name. Um, but what it does is employs women to ride bikes out to remote and rural villages with Android phones and tablets, and then they teach other women how to use those devices. And then Google, and then it says, like, Google is planning to hit 300,000 villages across India in, in this way by the end of 2018. And one of the things that he said is most women in rural India assume the Internet is not for them. They think it's, like, for for their husbands or sons or whatever. It's not for them. So, like, there is this uh, initiative that Google is bringing the world's information to everybody including women who feel like the internet is not for them and so it was uh it was cool because I've never heard of that I don't know if you guys have heard of that program this is the first time I've heard of that
2: no I mean I do know that Google's pushed into like India and Brazil and countries like that in a big way you know they had the whole initiative of you know cheap phones and you know stock operating system and I think these days they're even trying to they're trying to not de-bloat, but they're trying to make sure that, you know, apps they release use the minimal mm. amount of data possible because, you know, sometimes the connections um, in some of these rural place- places are not great. So I definitely knew that that was a focus, but I guess I always just assumed that was a, a business thing. You know, they Googled, they need to expand. There's over a billion people, you know, in places like India. That's the kind of market you want to get into. I, I guess I never thought about the personal side that, you know, Sundar Pichai actually grew up there and he's familiar with the environment and, you know, he probably feels like he wants to to help out.
1: It really does make you think about how... Um, you think about the generation of CEOs that are being developed right now, uh, uh, let's say American kids who always had a uh, already had a, always had an iPhone class phone that always had high LTE speed connection to the internet. Their laptop was always an Intel Core i7 based machine running the latest operating system, and they upgraded phones and laptops every couple of years. They go to a university uh, that has university grade access uh, to the internet, and. Th- You compare that to somebody in any part of the world who grew up where internet access was really, really hard and you had very few resources to deal with and you you kept cursing that so much data had to flow in order to make this sort of happen or that so much useless things were happening in this code – and even culturally, where you are, you appreciate the fact that not everybody. I'm a, I'm one of only seven people, uh, demographically, that gets to even have access to technology. And you, I, I would put it to you that that second person, when the, you make them a CEO, they are more aware. They they're aware of a different set of problems that the first group is going to be. Uh, they're not the sort of company that's going to focus on. Again, I I love Apple, I really do, but they're not this. They're that that guy is not going to grow up to create a company that the cheapest phone that they make is four hundred dollars. And guys like me are getting all excited. Oh my god, Apple's making a four hundred dollar brand new phone. That's amazing. <laughs> they they have a laptop that costs only nine hundred dollars. So it's 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 so great to see that. Uh, one of the reasons why Google is thriving so so much is that they're solving the problems that no other company is trying to solve, and that's also true of Apple. It's also true of Samsung to a lesser degree, uh, and and of course, uh, when you, you mentioned Russell that of course there's a there's a motive to allowing that reporter so much access, and it is to get people like me excited about and emotionally invested in the success of the company. Uh, so I'm I'm aware of that, but nonetheless. Uh, uh, I, I I've always thought that uh, supporting areas of the world that have zero internet or have at best kilobit internet has been as much altruism as business. Just like when Apple talks about protecting user privacy, that's not just a business plan. That's also something that they, you know, if you reached this level in the company, this is one of the core values that you as an executive uh, hold. Uh, so uh, really, really super stuff to hear.
2: So one other interesting thing I saw is that at one point the reporter got to talk to Hiroshi Lockheimer and this is something I've always suspected but I've never seen in words. He says that when Andy left Android, he's talking about Andy Rubin, and Sundar became the boss, he brought with him the rest of Google or he brought android to the rest of google and this is something you heard a lot about the the start of the android team you know there were there a company that that was bought by google they were brought in but it always felt like An- Andy Rubin was you know he was running his own ship for the longest time there wasn't even a chrome browser you know on android i don't know if you remember those times but it definitely seemed like when sundar pichai took over that Android started to get integrated with the rest of Google. You know, Chrome was the first thing that came on board and then all these other sort of things have slowly started to integrate and it now feels to me like, you know, Android is a core part of Google whereas it was only two or three years ago that it felt like this, you know, rebel sort of upstart team that was just kind of, you know, doing their own thing.
1: Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of cool things in it. One of the one of the things that I got <laughs> I got fascinated by that. So they're they're showing about how uh, after the story about how he's able to go to CES and not be recognized even by people in the industry that he's asking direct questions to, uh, he contrasts that the, the the author contrasts that to uh, his he, where he's just a national figure in India. Is yeah. uh, quoting here says uh, when Pichai enters the arena for an onstage interview from the fame a famous Indian cricket commentator Harsha Bogle, the room of 2000. Students explodes in noise. He spends the next hour fielding questions about everything from his test scores in high school to career advice. But the biggest applause line of the day comes after he's asked why there haven't <laughs> been any versions of the Android operating system named for an Indian dessert. Each version of Android is named alphabetically for a dessert. K was Kit Kat, L was Lollipop. M, the current version, is Marshmallow. He mulls the question and, and says, "Quote, maybe we will do an online poll, and if Indians all vote, he trails off with a hint of suggestion." The next day, the line appears all over the Indian press which of course has me googling for you know what indian desserts start with the letter n i think my favorite so far i will not be able to pronounce it n e y y a p a m which is a sort of rice pancake with cardam- cardamom and fra- dried ginger uh and uh dusted with uh, with with sh- with sugar so i i would i would kind of like i i would like to, i actually would think we was such a great cultural opportunity if we if Indian Android users thought really carefully about we want to make a certain kind of dessert or snack or candy bar that's only available in India that starts with letter N world famous for an entire year where people are going to be special ordering this on Amazon. <laughs> They're going to be trying to make it at home. They're going to be like making T-shirts about it. Which one do we want to like send to the Miss Universe pageant of of international candies and desserts? And I I don't know. This is this is this this Neap this, this, uh, this Neapom. I'm sorry for mispronouncing it. I'm such a I'm, nor, I'm a Northeaster who grew up in a in a, in a in a in a in a Puritan fishing colony known as Boston. Uh, but I I would I, I I I have to say that I did buy a bunch of Kit Kat bars when Kit Kat was released because I suddenly was very hungry for Kit Kat bars which I hadn't had in about a year. So it's a great <laughs> idea.
2: I think that would be that would be a fascinating uh, marketing opportunity as well too. To you know, name it after an Indian dessert that is maybe not common in the West that you know people haven't heard of. I, I think it would be a great story to you know tell on stage. Say, look, we're you know we're expanding in other places. Android isn't just about you know the and US And Then they of bring aid. people up with trays and trays of <laughs> yes <laughs> of this this this, this <laughs> must,
1: mustard and strawberry <laughs> that w- flavored hard candy. <laughs>
0: It would be fun if they did, you know, from all the different countries and uh, different cultures. Maybe there's a dessert out there that they can show for all the different names of Android to really get a global presence. <laughs> and I, I want to end this story with this really cool um, story about that we learned about cardboard through this. And this is like pretty impressive. Um, and so he in the interview, it says that Clay Baver, which is the VP for virtual reality at Google, said he was summoned to Pakai's office Pichai, sorry, office in 2014, eight and a half weeks before the company's I.O. developer conference. Pachai was impressed with Baver's work and told him to get Cardboard ready for launch at the event. So that's eight and a half weeks before it was announced at Google <laughs> I.O. is like when he first saw it. And this says, because it was such a tight timescale, Pachai wasn't able to keep tabs on, the, uh, tabs on the project. He said, okay, Clay, run. And he didn't see me or Google Cardboard for the next eight and a half weeks. Beaver recounts to Honan, the idea originally was to put a headset in each of the swag bags handed out at the registration desk. But the night before, Pachai had a change of heart. He wanted to announce Cardboard on stage during his keynote and then have Google employees hand them out to delegates afterwards. He had not even seen the final version of it or the final version of the software. So, like, that (laughs) that story um, is just awesome like I was like what they it was such a short project which makes sense it's a piece of cardboard but if you can see like what it's uh, evolved and developed to be um, and then the like change of plans of saying you know the night before oh no actually we're not going to hand them out we're actually going to announce it at the keynote and we're going to everyone's going to you know hand it out afterwards and it's we're going to make like a big deal about it like that is pretty awesome
2: and I love the other side of it where um, you know, this guy would have been so excited that his product was going to be announced on stage. But at the same time, him and his, his team had to stay up all night removing the 10,000 <laughs> card ports from the swag bags <laughs> to put in another pile that they could then, you know, hand out at the door. So it would have been, you know, bittersweet to stay up till 3 a.m., you know, repackaging <laughs> all these things.
1: It also makes you think about how secure Sundar was that there wasn't somebody who was had not told HR yet that he was intend- he or she was intending to resign what if I just... He says he, does, he doesn't even need to see it. What if we just put the word butts on the side of every single one of these? And then he'll say, well, I'm sorry. I, you, you said you didn't want to see it. I thought that, you know, it would just be fun if we had the word butts on the side of these 10,000 viewers. Oh, that, that wound up in the press. Oh, man. God, I, 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 I guess you should have offered me a better severance package than you did. Well, nothing you can do about it now. I I bet
0: that person wouldn't be a vice president of virtual reality at Google. So... <laughs> Anymore. So I, I think they lateral a, little, a, been a, a, good a lateral
1: power play. That sort of thing that happens a lot. Uh, even at Apple, uh, Apple keynote events, uh, there are entire products that are in the, for the two weeks that they're rehearsing this, they're in the lineup, in the lineup, in the lineup. And the terrified as hell product manager is has already bought and tested three different dress shirts that have been approved and they've run through it and run through it and run through it on demo stages and then it's only like the morning of they said yeah we decided we don't want to really show it off today or we're not going to release it as part of the developer preview so but nice shirt <laughs> Send us our, your seat and we'll definitely reimburse you for that
2: <laughs> I, I do love those kind of stories you, you get them a lot in Apple keynotes as well you know years and years and years later you find out um, for example, when the original iPhone was announced, that thing was—it was super early in the release process, and there was a particular set of steps you had to take, you know, to stop it from crashing. So apparently, every team was sitting in the audience, just taking a drink yeah. after their app, you know, was done because they're like, "Don't crash, don't crash, don't crash!" <laughs> ah. and so they passed around, you know, the, the flask. Okay, your team's next. <laughs>
1: every single, every single thing in the iPhone demo was tightly scripted, not just for time, but. It, it was it was like a remember that scene in Apollo thirteen where it's not just that they're they're trying to figure out how to power up the the uh, the uh, uh, command module in the right order so there won't be a power surge so it's not just turning things on it's getting like things the right order so there's like okay if you do a b c d it will probably not crash but if you do a c b d it will definitely crash and oh god <laughs> you want to do d first oh. God, how many people can we pull off of every other project to solve the D crashes when it's launched first problem? And anything anything involving a radio was incredibly sketchy, which honestly just fills you with double uh, sympathetic nausea when you realize that he tried to make a real live phone call to an actual phone number during the demo and nobody who was in the know was really sure that it wouldn't crash. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know it, it makes you think what what things are put in last minute at the keynote I, I remember last year um at google io they didn't like hand out usually they hand out something like a goodie bag and people are like man i, I think they handed up the updated uh cardboard um version but that the, but that was like it and then we all got an email afterwards if you were at the conference saying hey pick up your free Nexus 9 um, and i think maybe that was an afterthought like man people are we're seeing on twitter people are like really we that's all we got from this conference because they're expected <laughs> everyone's expecting to get some goodies that they were all like okay we got to get these uh, tablets out there hey go pick them up in the front <laughs> registration so
2: I'm still convinced there was a warehouse somewhere and they're like, you know what? we have 5,000 of these on stock. They're, they're not going anywhere.
1: But we built a really cool fort out of the boxes and we'd have to take the port apart. Our kids haven't seen it yet.
2: <laughs> I, I think that the last thing about the story that I think is worth mentioning is that the author definitely seems to have been you know, trying to... He's been left with an impression that he keeps stating over and over again in this article and it's Sundar Pichai, it could be worse, he seems to be saying. He's basically saying that... You know, he's not a really zealous, you know, passionate, crush everyone type guy. He's also not, you know, the opposite. He's somewhere in between. So he's one of the, these sort of new CEOs that you know he has opinions, but he's he's not super strong, you know, in one area or another. And he just seems to be kind of driving it down the middle. And I guess he's saying that for someone to be at the head of such a massive, massive company that has all your information, this is this is probably the right person. You know, you don't you don't potentially want like a Steve Jobs at at the helm of Google. <laughs> like you you want someone like like Sundar Pichai.
0: Yeah, I, I was really impressed with the piece. And so it was fun to get to know Sundar Pichai uh, a bit more. And hopefully you will be able to get to meet Sundar Pachai at Google IO 2016. Uh, they have announced Android Experiments Challenge, where they are encouraging people to experiment with Android in order for you to win a trip. And it's enter, you can enter now until April 13th, And you're you can you have to just submit an experiment and here, here are the things of what a like a quick Android experiment is. Uh, and it's a project that utilizes the unique capabilities of the Android platform in an innovative way. And here are some suggestions. They said creative uses of Android's new or distinctive features. Projects that explore how we interact with our devices in a small or big way, unique visual aesthetics. So they're really kind of like, hey, just go have fun and mess with something and see what happens. One of the apps that they they, they showcase as an experiment is called InkSpace, and so this one allows you to draw in three D. And I've actually been playing with this app, and it is super super fun. So you you get to draw, and it's just like a black screen, and then you're drawing. And it's, uh, you know, the, the white is is drawing around. And as you move your device around, you're seeing different versions of your illustration. So whatever you're drawing, you can see it in 3D. So it's pretty fun to mess with. And yes, there's probably not a whole, I'm sure there is some uh, things that you could do with it for, but for right now, it's just fun. And so I think they're really just encouraging people to experiment with Android saying, hey, like, what can you use? What can you do? Go have some fun. Um, and hey, if you if you are picked as as one of the people that did something really great, you get to go to Google I/O. And the three so it says three winners will win a trip to this year's Google I/O, and five runner ups will get the new Nexus 6P. So hey, maybe you'll get a Nexus 6P if you don't get to go to I/O. But everyone, you should go submit, go go hack away, and explore some different things of Android.
1: I wish you better luck in that contest than I had in the Hamilton any of the
2: four <laughs> Hamilton ticket lotteries I participated in.
0: And so we want to thank everyone for listening. Russell, where can people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter is the best place to go.
0: And Andy, where can people connect with you?
1: Uh, spell my last name on Twitter as Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O, or go to my website, anatko.com. Actually, before before we close, I just want to say that I've now, I've continued to Google. I've changed my answer. Now I want it to be Android Narikola Larue, which is <sighs> sort of like a sweetened coconut balls made sugar, coconut, and condensed milk. Uh, they're specially Ooh. made for the Rongali Bihu Festival. Mm. They look like Dunkin' Munchkin donut holes mm. that I could... I would have those to. Like, look delicious. <laughs> they they look like the <laughs> ones do as well. I, I, I yeah. would love to have an excuse so to like now. eat lots of those by saying that's part <laughs> of research. Also, 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 as, as round dusted as round dusted spheres, they be you know they have to like make a big fiberglass one of these uh, yes. ho- with the with the android droid holding it up for the campus. It'd be so easy to make.
2: Yeah, in fact, it, the, I mean that's his that's his body right there. And if we have like any listeners who are currently in India or you know grew up in India, <laughs> we'd we'd love to hear what your favorite and dessert is we yes. we want to pick the best one we want to try and call it early you know before D- Google
1: dessert does. dessert or even a commercial candy bar that yep, I've yeah. you've never heard of actually can't the can't, the candy bars would be even better because we could probably special order those and in a future episode be tasting all these n named Indian des- <laughs> okay, I, okay I'm officially putting that on the schedule that we're gonna have a, 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 it might not be and I might not be all about this but if you send us names of commercially available we can get them on amazon if they're like international like food stores on the internet we will order these and these uh, candies that start with the letter n and we will do a taste test live maybe we'll, maybe that's that should be like our first live show so you can see Ooh. us actually sampling all of these I, desserts yes. that, and candies that start within I, i'm all, for, I'm all for
0: that too i'm yes <laughs> i'm re- my body is ready come on <laughs> 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 and i'm at yasmin evian on twitter and you can find us on the web at, at material Podcast on twitter and also on our website at relay.fm forward slash material and you can find us an email send us some feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com uh, but send us the, the India uh, tree Indian treats on Twitter so that we can like repost and maybe other people can vote on it and see w- which ones are their favorites. We'd love to get that out there. Until next time, stay material.
2: You'd be hungry now, Andy. I'm just- I know, yes,
0: I, am, we've, I am so hungry. We, we now. have deviously
1: set into motion a complex chain of events that will allow us to eat lots and lots of candy. Mm, nom, nom, nom,
0: nom. <laughs> I love the Kit Kat when it was like, I would just go to the store and I'm like, Android Kit Kat? I will get the Android Kit Kat. Of course, yeah. I have to buy it now. Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay Found network. And one of your hosts, uh, this show is brought to you.
1: <laughs> Hello, this show is brought yeah. to you. Nice to meet you, host. May I call you this? What are we uh, going to be photo? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. I'm- <laughs> I always forget your sponsor. Uh, I just, gosh, right now.